Let's just pray. Our gracious, loving God, we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for your holy word here. May it speak to us today in, in ways that will cut to our soul, our very being. Lord, we just ask that you open up your word for us today in fresh and new ways. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Now, as you may have gathered, we're going to be exploring the letter of James. It's a short letter. It has five chapters. Not very long. But yet it's full of you know, practical information about being a believer in Jesus Christ. But I want to start with a little bit of history before we get too far. Just, just a little bit. A little bit about the letter. So the letter of James was, was written by Jesus' half-brother. Guess what his name was? James. You know? um, he was actually the, one, of the, one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. Um, and and he, was, he was uh, writing this letter at the time when Herod Agrippa was actually persecuting the church in Jerusalem. So Herod Agrippa was actually persecuting the, the Christian church at that time. And so this letter contains some practical instructions about living in the faith, um, but also about standing, standing firm in your faith, standing firm in your faith in Jesus Christ in the face of persecution. So you'll notice that, like, and I'm just going to jump into the, you know, the, the very first parts of James' letter that we didn't read today, but I would encourage you to read for yourself. It says, you know, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for a great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfectly complete and need nothing. So, so James is actually saying, even in this time, not a place to run away, not a place to hide, but a time to step up into your faith. If you actually have a look at, at, at this letter, at, at, you know, and, and these letters, they're, sometimes you'll hear them referred to as epistles or epistles, um, meaning the same kind of thing. Um, but, it, but it has this practical information and it's put in a way that's very similar to Proverbs. If you've read Proverbs, they're short little um, sentences, verses, that sayings that instruct you in faith and putting faith into action. And James, if you read it, is very similar in that way and would be very similar to the Jewish believers to actually read this and go, ah, this is something that is trying to help me in this situation stand firm. So I want to ask you this question. And I know Paul likes to give sporting illustrations. <laughs> I've, I've kind of seen one or two. But I want to ask you this question. Who likes, and this is a show of hand, who loves to watch sport? Okay. There's a few people that don't like watching sport whatsoever here. You know, so, so, you know who loves, like, like, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. NRL, netball, surfing, AFL, Formula One, triathlon, you know, whatever it might be, you know, people love to watch sport, don't they? You know, people love to watch sport. Some people go, oh, I don't really love it. Maybe you, maybe you like to listen to music. 
Maybe there's something that you love to listen to and, you know, the music genre might be, you know, you, may, you might be a Tay-Tay fan and Taylor Swift and you've been crying because you haven't been able to get tickets this week, you know. It's that, you know, that kind of thing. My, my daughter, a uh, school teacher uh, at a girls' school, um, had students that were devastated at not being able to get tickets, you know. Um, but, you know, the thing about it is that you can watch sport, you can listen to music, and you can become an expert about it, can't you? You can watch sport, and you can be an expert in sport, but you may never even play it. You can listen to music, you can become an expert about the person that plays it and everything else about it, but you don't play. Back in 1988, and when, when I read that, I, you know, that kind of fact, I went, wow, it's been around for a while. But back in 1988, a sporting good apparel company was wondering how they could get people not only to buy more of their stuff, but get off the couches, stop what, you know, get off the couches from just watching sport and actually start participating in sport. You know, and they put together this campaign. And I bet you, you won't ever guess what the campaign was. By Nike. Do you remember what it was? Just do it. So it's that whole campaign, just don't watch it. Just do it. You know, get out and just participate. Buy the shoes, buy the shirt, buy the pants, buy all the gear from us anyway because... That will allow you to what? Just do it. Get out there and get involved. But it was actually about not, it was about moving people from just purely listening and watching sport to getting out and becoming their own hero in their own story of getting out and being involved, being, you know, get, getting there and being, you know, not just a spectator. Let me say this. As we are starting to read through and look at the, this letter of James. We're going to be talking about faith, faith in Jesus Christ. And faith in Jesus Christ is not an abstract thing. It's not an abstract concept. Faith in Jesus Christ is not a spectator sport. It is something that we participate in. Faith in Jesus is practical. So let's dive into this practical faith as James give some really practical things um, that us as believers, as disciples of Jesus, can take on for ourselves. So we, I, I'm just gonna, we're just going to put up the first little section that we're going to look at, which is James chapter 1, verses 19 to 21, just this little first section. And it says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all of the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. Wow, that's pretty densely packed, but also pretty straight to the point. Some real practical pieces of advice here. Something to help us now, not only in our faith, but kind of in our everyday kind of dealings with people. What do we do? Listen. Don't start with your opinion, but what? Listen. Listen. Don't just 
feel the need to offer your two cents worth into a conversation with somebody, into life. Listen, rather than needing to push a point or get angry when somebody has a differing opinion to you. Listen. James says here, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and finally be slow to anger. Good practical advice in, you know, in dealing with people, isn't it? And if you're the first one to speak, if you're wanting to always put information and tell people what is going on and everything else, and you don't listen to the other person, what happens? You want to drive through your opinion. You want to drive through your, your point of view rather than stopping and listening. Just because James says be slow to anger doesn't mean that all anger is sinful. There are times when, you know, that we should actually have some level of righteous indignation about this. But what we need to do is, is temper ourselves. We need to temper ourselves about being quick-tempered and selfish anger that betrays a lack of trust in God and a lack of love for other people around us, especially our brothers and sisters in faith. You know, James is kind of saying here, and this, this is really, really key for us, James is saying here that if we lack listening and we combine this with a lack of restraint in our speech, this actually leads to, to, to bad-tempered actions in our lives. And in fact, it, it has a lack of trust in God. See, our human anger doesn't actually produce a godly righteousness that, that should be there, that God wants in us. Have you ever noticed? Have, let me ask this. I've done this. I've got angry. Have you ever, has anybody ever got angry in their life? Hey, can, can you remember what it was over? For me, I can't. I keep on forget. you know, it, it's, it's a flash in the pan, I've got angry over something, you know, and most of the time it's been small stuff. It's, you know, it, it's, it's pushed a button. And you've, you've wanted to go, I want to get, you know. And the reality is, I've said stuff out of anger that has just made the situation worse. Made the other person feel small and became defensive, hurt. You know, those kind of things. That hasn't brought the best out of me. It hasn't brought out God's love into the situation. That anger was not righteous. It was something that I just poured out because somehow I felt slighted. You know, our anger that we have in situations, we need to temper. And how do we do that? One of these things you can do, you know, when you're starting to feel anger and you want to spew, and that's probably the best word for it, spew words out, vomit it out, is take a moment. Take some breaths. Let the situation pass and listen. 
Not only listen to the other person, listen to God speak to you in that moment. What does God want you to do when you are getting angry? You know, there will be times when we do get angry. But, if, you know, when, when we need to offload. And, and, and thankfully, and, and, you know, hopefully Annette can attest to this, it's got less in my life. She's nodding. That's good. I'm, I'm pleased. <laughs> um, it's got less in my life um, that as, as you become more in tune with God's will for your life, that it, it, it starts to sink and permeate through. That it's not become a normal behaviour. And J- James is saying here, and for us, we don't want anger to be something that marks us, you know. It, it, it says in the word that you know, we are known by what? We're known by our love, not by our anger, not by our arguing with people, but by what? By our love. So the act of listening, being slow to speak and slow to anger, is how we should also approach the Word of God. This this is actually how we approach the Word of God found in the Bible as well. Listen to God's Word before we speak. Listen to what God's Word is saying to us before we want to argue with it. Listen to God's Word so it will have an impact in your life. James is saying that we should humbly accept God's word. And that that whole point about humbly accepting God's word means not placing our ideals, our opinions, our understandings above what is here. It's actually letting God's word speak truth into your life and change you. James pushes further into this, of listening for God's word. He actually says we, we, not only should we listen to God's word, but we should actually put it into action. Put God's word into action. So let's just listen where James pushes into next in verse 22 to 25, and it says this. And I love the way the, the New Living Translation puts it here. It says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Have you ever read the Bible and gone, oh, that's good, and then just gone on your own merry way? Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you will be only fooling yourself. If you listen to the word and don't obey, it will be like glancing in your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. It's a wonderful illustration, isn't it? Wonderful illustration. If you have not started to listen and, and take on board and let that, that word of God sink into you, it quickly goes away. Remember God's word for your life. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Let me ask you this question today. How do you actually approach God's word? How do you approach the Bible? What do you do? There are many different ways that you actually can approach the Bible and we're going to put some up on the screen 
for you. The first is this. We can approach the Bible, God's Word, with indifference. You know? I don't think much about God's Word. I don't read the Bible. You know, this, this may be actually where you are sitting and in your walk in life just at the moment. It may be, I've got a Bible, and occasionally I might delve into it, dip into it, you know, um, but basically it sits on the shelf or sits in your phone as an app and you never kind of open it up. It's that kind of indifference. It could be that the believer whose who's heart has become hard, become calloused, become indifferent. So, so, you know, there's many ways that we can start to approach it. And I, and I pray that today that you aren't approaching the Bible, God's word, with indifference at the moment. James is challenging us not to, not to do that. Maybe you approach it this way, um, as convenience. Maybe, maybe um, you're excited to use Scripture to support your opinion. Notice the way I've said that. It's a convenient way of using scripture. If you, you use it to support your opinion or your argument, your agenda, you quote scripture to support how you want to see things and then you don't do anything else with it. You don't let it read you. You don't let it be a part of you. Then you're just using it as a convenience and we don't want that, do we? Thirdly, maybe, maybe you're approaching it as, as a piece of first aid. You know, the only time you ever pick up God's word is when you are having a problem in your life. It's not bad, but it's just first aid. You, you're in crisis mode and you, you go, oh, what does God's word say about this? Let's have a look. And you look at it, you, 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 you Google how to, how to deal with stress. What does the Bible verse say about this? And you read a verse and you go, oh, feel much better now. Let's go on my life. <laughs> That's not how we deal with it. That's not what we're wanting to do. Maybe people approach it this way, and some people do, as though it's academic. You, you view the Word of God, the Bible here, as a curriculum to be mastered, information to be studied in a cold, analytical detail. You've got it. You might even be able to Repeat verse after verse after verse. But it hasn't changed you. Maybe you use the Bible just to defeat other people and with arguments. But it actually hasn't transformed you. It hasn't spoken to you. So the, the, the point five, the, the, first, the fifth way that I would like to suggest is probably a better way to do this, to read God's word, is, is through absorption. James is actually kind of describing here about listening, don't just listen to God's word, but actually doing what it says, put it into practice, you know, make it a part of yourself. James is describing somebody who absorbs God's word into their life. Fully. The Bible permeates their very being. They'll find strength to endure trials without falling into despair. They, they exercise their faith in defeating temptation. 
this person shares their faith without trying to tear the other person down or apart. People look at them and go, I want to have what they've got. They've actually let it become a part of their life. You know, in, in order to learn any new skill, it, to, to, to be better at sport, to be better at music, to be better at anything, what do you need to do? You actually need to practice. You need to put it into action. You need to not just go, I've learnt the theory of music. I know how it's meant to work, but can I actually get there and play a keyboard or strum a guitar or any of those things? If you don't practice, then you never become proficient. You can understand how to kick a ball or shoot a goal or ride a wave, but if you never get out there and do it, you will never put it into action. If all you ever do is read a little bit that pops on the screen on a Sunday and you never let it talk into your life, then you will and read it and become part of it and put it into practice then we are kidding ourselves. As we start our exploration of James over, the next, over the, these coming weeks, I want to actually ask you this question. Actually, a series of questions for you. Are you hearing God's word in your life? Are you letting God's word sink deep into your life? Are you doing what God is saying? So over these coming weeks, I want to, I'm going to give you a simple practice, something that you can do as you read the Bible that will help you understand, help you hear God's word fresh for you. As you read the Bible, so read a passage. Read the passage. Then ask this question. So we'll actually put the next slide up. Ask this question. What is God saying to me here? Read the passage. Let the words be part there. Start with that. Start with God's word. Listen to the words that are coming out. And ask yourself this question. What is God saying to me? As you read scripture, what is God saying? Then as you're reflecting on what God is saying, ask this second question. So what am I going to do about it? Don't just go, oh, God's saying this. Have an action that comes from that. If the word of God is, says, don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. What is God saying to you here? Out of this passage. It challenges me that I need to read more and put it more into action. That I need to be less angry about certain things and more loving, of sharing more. It's a challenge not only for me but for all of us. A simple rhythm. As we read God's word, ask the question, what is God saying? So what am I going to do about it? Let's just pray. A loving, gracious God, we just give you thanks for your word. Your word is a 
is a sharp two-edged sword. It, it cuts into our lives. Let it breathe truth into us today. Let it breathe truth into us fresh and new. If we've been approaching your word, your holy word, in a way that has been diminishing, then Lord, help us to come fresh to your word. Help us to come and seek your word for our lives. Help us to listen to your word afresh and anew for us. Help us to put your word into action in our lives. Help us to make it true and perfect for ourselves because it is the perfect law. It is your word that is good to guide us and lead us, to challenge us, to draw us close to you so that we may understand you more deeply, more fully. We ask this in your name. Amen.